You're listening to Surfer vs. Planet, a wave changer podcast hosted by me, Tom Wilson. Each episode features inspiring talks from the creative space where surfing and sustainability meet. I'll be talking to surfers, designers, industry experts, and original thinkers, highlighting some of the fascinating work going on here in Australia and around the world with the aim of creating a greener, cleaner, and more responsible surfing industry. Wave Changer is a program of Surfers for Climate, and you can learn more about our work at wavechanger.org and surfersforclimate.org.au. The whole team at Wave Changer and Surfers for Climate acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. In this episode, I have a chat with Tom Hobbs, the co-founder of Spooked Kooks. They make softboards and other surf gear with a focus on minimising their impact on the planet. Welcome, Tom. Great to have you on the show. Um, we live in the same city here in Sydney, and we've been meaning to catch up for a while. Uh, but for lockdowns, flooding, uh, maybe as far back as the bushfires, um, mm. you're originally from New Zealand, but now living in Australia, founder of Spooked Kooks, an awesome range of surfboards that feature recycled plastic diverted from landfill, and have partnered with Sea Trees to plant mangroves and kelp. Thanks for joining us, Tom. How's your week been? Have you caught any waves? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, uh, yeah, pleasure to be on uh, the pod with you guys. And um, to answer your last question, no, I haven't caught any waves in this last week. It's been a pretty crazy week. Finally, we've got good weather, so um, everything's kind of um, gone a little nuts as we are quite a weather and seasonal dependent business. We're um, very focused on beginner and intermediate um surfers or um you know people new to the world of surfing uh and generally i think weather and and the season has has an effect on the interest of of surfing in that sense yeah so you're the co-founder it's you and um i guess a, a good friend rupert um is it someone you've known for a while yeah, Rupert and I uh, actually met each other when we were about eight years old. So we are old friends. And um, he started the business out of his garage in New Zealand, um, the west coast of New Zealand on the, on the North Island, a, a beach called Piha, where there's black sand, very different to um, Bondi. And... Uh, he started showing me these designs and boards that he was making, and he's also a designer, um, not by trade. By trade, he's a he, he's actually a lawyer, um, which so that's his day job. Um, but he he loves to doodle, and he was creating all these designs, everything on the board from the logos um, to the to the actual engineering and design of the board is is, is Rupert. And when he showed me it, I was like how can I be involved and um yeah we we decided to move to Australia together um to essentially relaunch Spook Kooks uh in 2018 but with recycled materials so all the hard plastic post-consumer um all the hard plastic is 100% post-consumer recycled plastic waste for anyone that's listening who doesn't know what a kook is can you explain 
Yeah. Um, so a kook is kind of, it was a bit of a negative um, word, um, and we're trying to reclaim that in the sense that it, it was a, it was it was a term given by core surfers who had um, forgotten their roots of of being a kook themselves once uh, and being frustrated with beginner surfers out there. So it's kind of a derogatory term for beginner surfers, but um, we're keen to turn it on its head and and claim the um, the pride of being a kook because everyone needs to learn at some stage. Everyone was a learner, even, um, you know, Parkinson and Kelly Slater and Mick Fanning, they've all, they all had to learn how to stand on a board at some stage. Hence, they would have been a kook at some stage. Um, I'm not sure if it's sacrilegious to say that kind of stuff, but it is the truth. And, um, so that's, that's why we, we went with kook and we put spooked in front of it because generally people learning to surf have got, um, they're a little bit spooked about the entire, um, uh, journey at first. It's scary. It's, uh, nerve wracking. The ocean is, um, is a wild beast, but, um, you know, we're trying to put a, a fun play on it and it's, uh, um, it's, it's been received really well. Spooked kooks. That's us. No, it's great. I, I think it's, um, a really fun name and also just the whole, the design of your boards, you know, the colors, uh, the graphics, the stuff on social media, uh, it's all very cool. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the parts of your surfboard for anyone that's not seen your surfboards before? Well, let me answer that by, by looking, by, um, kind of breaking down our approach to the sustainability of a softboard. Um, so when we relaunched, we looked at what we could, um, do to make a softboard, not a, not a hardboard, a softboard to incorporate as, as much sustainable materials as possible, whether they're recycled materials or, um, natural fibers or just better materials for, um, the environment. And we kind of broke down the board and its packaging into several parts. And we found that, um, it was probably virtually impossible cost and also technology wise to make an entirely recycled board or an entirely recyclable board and there's a key difference between those two um, which i think gets confused a little bit so we decided to focus on what we could um attack feasibly um being self-funded and with the technology that's out there and and we teamed up with um uh a really great recycler of post-consumer plastic so it's plastic waste it's out in the environment it's not industrial waste um and we melted down those pallets and we made fins fin keys leash plugs um we also made fin boxes and some of the original boards and then we created the eco slick which is the entire base or bottom of the board and those are the component parts that are um, 100% recycled plastic. Um, we also have removed the plastic from our packaging. So initially we started off with zero shrink wrap, which was, um, difficult mainly for retailers. I think a lot of retailers, um, got our mission and were really excited about it, but some retailers were worried about boards getting dirty, um, because people would be, touching them in the store. And so they wanted that plastic sleeve, that shrink wrap on the board. Um, 
and it meant that we didn't partner with some some surf stores but we've never had shrink wrap um during covid we got rid of all bubble wrap which took us longer than we wanted but we managed to do it and um we finally managed to go entirely um plastic free in our packaging as of mid um last year so we're just getting through the last of the stock with some plastic tape and stuff which is cool and then we also use um, um a bamboo veneer uh in in our boards for for extra strength so we mix that with fiberglass um making sure that the board is sustainable in its uh longevity of use so it needs to be something that lasts it can't just be um made with recycled plastic and break really quickly that would not be sustainable as well so longevity is important and finally we looked at the carbon footprint of the board and we teamed up with another um surf focus com- company or ocean focus company called sea trees and we plant a mangrove tree for every board that we make and that goes uh quite a way to mitigating the co2 footprint just want to you know finish that long um explainer of of everything we do sustainably with there's plenty more we can do we know that there's plenty more we can do and um we have by no means completed our journey of creating uh, an entirely sustainable board um there's still areas that we want to focus on um, but our approach is to start um with what you can achieve initially and then and grow and try to be transparent along the way i think it's awesome what you're doing but what's the biggest challenge in putting recycled plastic into a surfboard? Uh, yeah, really good question. And and one we kind of naively didn't um, have any clue about in the beginning. So we kind of did things back to front and bought a, a large amount of um, recycled plastic. We bought 10 tonne of recycled plastic and we um, shipped it to a manufacturer and basically just said, can you just swap this out for Virgin? And all the manufacturers we initially spoke with said, no way. Um, this will break our machines. Our machines are worth millions of dollars. Just use virgin plastic. No one would be crazy to use recycled plastic. It's dirty. It's impure. Uh, so that was a scary, um, period where we had to, um, reach out to a, a community we had no idea about, which is the, the the plastic melt flow experts of the world <laughs> and um we were introduced to some people that worked or work with microsoft and they um uh, we were introduced to one of the foremost plastic experts um on melt flow uh, a guy named martin bowman lives in vermont i'm sure he wouldn't mind me giving him a shout out he uh he saved our asses and he um devoted a huge amount of time um, just helping us work with our manufacturers to be able to cool the plastic in a really particular way. So plastic that's virgin um, is designed from the outset uh, to melt in a particular way. It doesn't really surprise too much um, in terms of the way it cools. So it's quite easy to mould into either rigid parts or, or movable parts. Plastic that is recycled is still perfectly usable but it will melt in in unusual ways from time to time. So it took a lot of research and development, a lot of testing for us, and um, we we simply would not have been able to do it without the help of people like Martin and and, and others that got involved. Um, our first fins were looked more like balloons than 
than um than a fin. Uh, but now we we've gotten to the stage where they're where they're pretty cool. They're pretty good. Surfing is something to be learnt, and once learnt, never forgotten. Once learned, never forgotten. Okay, let's imagine there's no limit on materials, money, or design. What would your ultimate eco surfboard be made from? And it doesn't have to be one that you sell through Spooked Gooks. It could be one that you just design and ride for yourself. Great question. There are really a couple of ways to go about making an entirely sustainable or cycled or should i i probably want to use the word the the holy grail of what would be the most epic um solution would be a closed loop circular system whereby you make a surfboard out of either organic or recycled materials and then once you're finished with it it's able to be broken down or recycled again uh, and so it's just constantly being able to, the materials that we use can be turned into other things. Um, that's, I hope, where the future of humanity is is heading. Um, and surfboards is the little um, area that we're working in. So to answer your question, what would be the ultimate? Well, there's two ways you can go about it. Either um, the, the best way to recycle something is to keep it as monomaterial as possible. Um, I also work in packaging, and so with packaging, um, in order to recycle something, you need it to be 90 to 100% of one material. Now, with something as simple as packaging, that's quite um, that's, that's quite achievable, um, and when you do that, you can chuck it into a machine, shred it, melt it, and recycle it, and get a really good um, amount of material to be able to turn back into something else. When you get into complicated um, composites of materials like a surfboard, so there's there's the core, which is generally made from EPS or PU. There's the top of a, of a softboard, which is made from e, EVA or something um, similar. It's the foam soft top and the bottom soft top we make with our HDP slick. Um, other people do other things. Uh, then you've got the fiberglass if it's a reinforced premium construction, which ours is, and we also use bamboo and they're there's also paulonia wood or bamboo for the stringers. And then you've got the resin. Now, all of those things together make recycling a board at the end of its use really difficult um, and certainly not financially feasible. So our approach to it is to um, include as many recycled or sustainably friendly materials up front prior to purchase. But we are aware that there are others out there making boards in um uh, virgin materials, but reducing the complexity of the construction of those boards, uh, i.e. just giving you an EPS core with a little bit of a foam top that you can rip off and no stringer. And um, they're saying that these are 100% recyclable. Now, I disagree with, with that, but I still think it's a, it's a really important like I think it's good that people are doing that because I think it's important to investigate those things. I don't think those things are 100% recyclable. You've got to look at the materials. EPS can only be recycled up to 25% before it gets too brittle. 
Um, man, I'm not answering your question, but here is the answer. Um, uh, what would be the key with all the materials that I know of right now? All right. Um, I think a really cool, interesting board would be using algae for your top. You can get about up to 30% algae mixed with 70% EVA. Um, that is a really cool, interesting um, material that can break down in a nice way. So that'd be the top. Recycled fiberglass for the construction, our recycled plastic for the base. And then potentially you could use mycelium mushroom for the core. Now, the jury is still really out on this one. It's about two to three times heavier. And if it takes on any moisture, which is risky with a, with a surfboard, it will begin to decay, decay at a really fast rate. So um, I don't know that we've found the key to an alternative to um, the EPS. There's some really interesting companies out there. Polya in, in, in France are doing um, cores made from both wood, recycled wood and also recycled foam. And that has a really, really um, low impact on the planet. It's it's a great product. Um, I'm really interested to see how they develop it. Also coming out of France, super interesting. I think the French are kind of doing some cool things. There's a company called Wive, W-Y-V-E. They've kind of gone a completely different way and essentially 3D printing boards, not with EPS cores. EPS is really difficult to recycle um, because when you the, – the, the recycled product is very brittle. So basically – it won't be able to be used in a kind of a performance sense. And that's also a key difference of what do we do with these materials when we get them at the end? It's very lucky to turn it back into a performance product like a surfboard. Generally, it's just going to be turned into packaging. So maybe we're better to do away with these things altogether. So there, there are some exciting um, things. I think we're right at the beginning of this um, stuff, sustainability. There's going to be a lot of mistakes from a lot of people. But those mistakes have to be made. I think, um, you know, the key, the keyboard warriors out there, they are fierce and they are ready to tell us off for even trying. But I reckon everyone, you know, who has an idea of how to make a, some, some kind of a sustainable board should get involved because, um, we're essentially just the beginning of, of this and we need to figure out a better way, um, to essentially, Make us make a surfboard a lot more environmentally friendly because it's kind of the dark secret of the industry, which has this connection to the ocean and the environment. You know, feels like it should be second nature for the surf industry to really um, grab the notion of sustainability and, and run with it. And I think it is; it's starting to pick up. But with surfboards, it's difficult. It's hard, and um, I don't know that we have the the answer. Man, I'm sorry, that was such a long winded answer, but. <laughs> that's all good take what you can out of that <laughs> yeah that's all good hey look totally agree i mean just to to go back to what you said about france they they're probably leading innovation stakes across the globe right now i don't know what happened if there was some sort of french design challenge about five years ago but they've all gone berserk mm. um mm. and you're that's right true. we are only just scratching the surface with all of this starting and you know you've been doing this for a number of years you you I reckon you're probably equal parts excited about all this change, but equal parts kind of slightly looking over your shoulder because there's so many competitors now who are doing cool stuff with surfboards. Um, 
And I reckon personally, the hardest thing with an eco board might be the waterproofing of it because, you know, you could have natural materials, but, you know, the, the waterproofing, the sun damage. Is there any issues with that with your boards, with the sun, with the flex or the, the, the waterproofing? Um, a soft board is by very nature, it, ha- it will be more susceptible to sun damage than a hard board, than a fiberglass board. So if you leave a fiberglass board in the sun, it will decolor, but that's probably the worst. If you leave a soft board in the sun, doesn't matter how well constructed it is, after a while that sun will warm up the glue um, underneath the foam in between the fiberglass and the EPS, and it will generally create bubble. Um, like sometimes it can happen in an hour, and that would probably point to uh, a manufacturing fault. But if you leave it in the sun for four hours, it it's going to happen regardless of how well the board is made. So, um, you know, if you've got a soft board, you're going to go for a surf with it, be spending the day at the beach, try and find a tree, leave it under there, um, keep your keep your board stored in a cool place. That's just the way that the board is constructed. And it's about the heat of the sun warming up particles underneath um, uh, a surface that is actually quite hard to perfectly glue to another surface so there'll be tiny little gaps where that glue gets heated up it'll expand and that's where the bubble lifts okay um so is there any new developments on the horizon for spook kooks any new range of surfboards or technology yeah no we always um are looking to see what is new in in the world particularly with materials and processes um, we've just launched a new board called the Lazy Daisy. It features our um, recycled plastic slick, the Eco Slick, also the recycled plastic fins. Um, it has slightly lighter construction, so it reduces a little bit of the weight, which is good for some people uh, who are a little bit smaller, or um, uh, also it's lighter in price because it's got lighter construction. So if you're keen to start surfing, but you just want a purely entry-level board, only good for quite small waves, um, jump on the Lazy Daisy. It is important that we subscribe to the requirements of nature. I need to ask if you're not selling surfboards in your life, what would your dream career be with no limits? Something that you perhaps dreamed about as a kid? Astronaut, easy. I want to go to space. I'd love to go to space. I'm both petrified and excited about space. Are you a sci-fi fan? 100%. I can, uh, I can vouch for that as well. Um, nice. Very good. Yeah. Uh, there's something about, it's probably the same with you, about materials, material science, you know, and how technology can go wrong as well like black mirror Mm, um oh yeah on a more kind of general overview type question what are your thoughts on the current plastic crisis or waste crisis that's gripping the world and do you think it's possible to to somewhat reverse this or have we gone too far i'm a realist wrapped in a um in in a relatively thick layer of optimism i like to think and i um I believe that we absolutely can figure out a way to um, make this planet 
cleaner and greener and live more harmoniously um, uh, in circular systems, circular economy, uh, recycling things or using better materials across the board. There are a lot of um, elements that need to come together uh, from a variety of industries and there needs to be a lot of regulation from government and um, some governments are right on board and some aren't and some industries are doing the right thing and some are really lagging. So um, I think it's cool to look at the positives, you know, and I think there are some really interesting things happening. Um, there's some good materials, the war on plastic particularly, that's what we're focused on, um, is happening. I think everyone thinks compostables or organic materials are going to be the, the saviour. I don't know that that's the case. I think they're going to be part of an important part of it. But the truth is, for a 100 years, we've been creating this thing called plastic, um, which is super cheap, super um, versatile, and um, also crucial for a bunch of industries like health. There is simply... Uh, no clear or good alternatives to plastic bottles and things like that on a health in 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 the health um world at the moment you know both for cost um cleanliness by keeping things sterile um so i think we're going to really need an improvement in funding and infrastructure um in recycling and i think that will have a knock on effect to other things then you got the climate issue um carbon mitigation carbon sequestering i mean we do it with our mangrove trees and and um, through sea trees and i think it's certainly better than not doing something but i don't think it is the final answer i think it's good to do it to try to neutralize your footprint but i also think we need to be actively looking at um different energy and fuel sources and that's not my sector um I've got dreams that fusion um, power will, will come into play in the next 10 years, but I have no idea about that. I cannot comment on that. Uh, I'm aware that um, solar, wind, um, the majority of renewables will not suffice to take on board the entire energy requirements of the planet. So um, we're still, you know, there are some positives. People are moving forward, but. Um, uh, we only have a choice to be positive about it. Like, if we're not positive about it, we may as well give up straight away. And like, that's yeah, yeah. What, what, what kind of a choice is that? But yeah, I mean, I am eternally positive. I think there's great minds out there on it right now, and you just hope that the um the right money is involved and the and the right people are driving them in the right way. And it doesn't always happen, but hopefully it will. And it certainly seems like the younger generations are um, kicking up the right amount, of, you know, a good storm to make and hold holding people accountable, which is which is great to see. Yeah, I agree. I think young people know what the right answer is, um, yeah. which bodes well for perhaps a generation from now where society could be behaving very, very differently to what we're doing right now. You know, it could take... 50 years and i think the difficult part is um we'll still see the negative effects of what we've created now or in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s for 50 to 100 years 
and that will be difficult. Even if we are improving massively in our processes and um, materials and systems, um, it looks like, you know, right up until 2100 and maybe beyond, it's going to be pretty difficult. But we're starting to see some pretty, some pretty unusual weather patterns. Um, it remains to be seen whether we can, um, well, I believe that they are climate related, but it remains to be seen whether it's undoubtedly climate related. Maybe we need another 10 years where they go, yep, cool. This is a hundred percent this and all the naysayers stop wasting time and all. And, and hopefully that just increases the amount of funding and, um, and eyes and research and general energy around fixing this problem, this global problem, plastic, waste, climate, all of it's connected. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. So the, the final section that we do is called hang five, five quick fire questions. And if you can just give a, a quick one or two word answer or a short sentence, what got you first interested in your environmental journey? Uh, I come from a family where cleaning your environment is important. So I, I have to give that to my mom um, and my dad. All right. Nice. Who inspires you the most from the environmental movement? Look, I'm a fan of Elon Musk. I really am. I know it's controversial. I know he's doing some things at the moment that are probably pretty distracting, but um, I'm impressed what he's done with Tesla. And I'm um, I'm obviously a space fan, so I think SpaceX is pretty cool as well. Okay. And what's the coolest response to the environmental crisis that you've seen? It could be a product, an idea. I've been really impressed with um, Oil and Slats. Um, ocean cleanup program that is immense really kudos to him yeah i agree that is awesome what's your favorite marine animal that's a tough one so many good ones i love seals i just they're so cool they're the dogs of the ocean i love dog. i love all animals but how good are seals yeah especially baby seals oh amazing so good so sweet <laughs> <laughs> Finally, in our bid to save the planet, can you give a short sentence to inspire others to keep going? If you've got an idea, give it a go. Get together with some friends, with some people, and bring that idea to life. That's what we need. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, I I echo what you're saying because I'm sure there's a lot of people that have great ideas and it's good to see all these um, startup incubators, hackathons, and these different initiatives where they get an idea and they support you somehow because, you know, sometimes designers don't have the best business skills, you know, or vice versa. So totally. Yeah. yeah. Rupert and I are very different. We're very complimentary in our skills. I'm, I'm a people person. I love to sell products. I like selling. I like connecting with people. Um, he doesn't, but I can't design, you know, he does all the everything that you see from the board to the, drawings to the decal every video on our instagram it's all him all the animations that's him so combination of the two is really important really good and i think um people need to be able to connect and collab and partner with, with people and you guys are still friends it must be um is there any sort of uh <laughs> tense moments yeah for sure. I mean, I think in the, I think in the first year, um, it's really exciting when you start a business or we really, we 
relaunched his business, um, which was a start for us together. You have, uh, you know, the money that you've got or the funding that you've got or whatever it is, and you've got all this potential. And that's hugely exciting. And then in the second year is really hard because, um, you're either not hitting your targets or you're, or you're, or you're blowing up crazy or, you know, there's just so many teething issues, so many problems that you couldn't have imagined. And I think the one thing that Rupert and I needed to learn, and we did learn it, is that we couldn't talk to each other as friends in the business. We needed to find a different language. Um, if you're friends and you're going into business, uh, it's all good when it's going well, but when it's going bad and you start throwing out colloquial terms or, or pulling up things that happened when you were 15 years old and using it as a reason that, you know, you knew this would go wrong. And that's only going to lead to a more heightened, um, fight, <laughs> which isn't going to help anyone. So we, we learned to, um, kind of step into a neutral zone and, and, and discuss particularly difficult things together, which I think is, um, crucial. Thanks for the great chat, Tom. Keep up the great work at Spook Kooks and we're super stoked to see what you guys are doing in the future and um, personally looking forward to catching up for a beer or coffee when we meet in real life. Thanks, man. Um, Pleasure being on the show and uh, likewise, um, love what you guys are doing both at Wave Changer and Surface for Climate. So it's awesome and um, uh, super important that people are connected or aware of operations big and small in this kind of surf and sustainability um, world you know just to reiterate what i said if you've got an idea out there and and you reckon it can improve something in the industry find someone who's who's keen to do it with you and try to bring it to life thanks for listening and remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode if you'd like to support our work at wave changer head over to our website at wavechanger.org and we hope you'll consider buying a membership for our Wave Changer Club, which features giveaways, entries into our monthly draw with amazing prizes and access to a bunch of great discounts from our partner brands. Your support allows us to expand our impact and make an even bigger difference to safeguarding our planet. See you next time.